Hello and welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts and I'm joined by just Johnny. What's going on, Johnny? Everything's good. What's uh, going on? No, a whole lot of this, this, this episode has got a lot going on. Yes. It's got a lot going on. And one thing I never mentioned, I just never mentioned what episode number, this is episode number 70. I can't believe I've done this. We've done this many. This is incredible. Big it, seven zero. Seven zero. Almost at 100. We'll get there. We'll get there. If this is your We're first time. We're going to celebrate when that happens. What are we going to do? We got to dress up and stuff? We should do like something, invite people to like some sort of like online game thing. Okay. I'm yeah, cool. Like, like, I don't know, Mario Kart or something. RPG related, maybe? Okay, Smash Brothers. <laughs> if this is your first time listening, uh, <laughs> this is the show from SwitchRPG.com, where we bring the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week, we have a whole lot of digital events being announced. Um, you may or may not have uh, caught it, but there are a ton and ton of announcements. We have uh, quite a few um, uh, new game announcements as well, so we'll We'll get there. We will get there eventually. Uh, but first, what have you been playing? Oh, I finished some more games. Man, you are on on your on your <laughs> A game. What do you got? Yeah. So I went through some some old games. So the game I mentioned uh, last week. So I, uh, as I mentioned last week, I beat Final Fantasy Tactics, and I was moving on to Vagrant Story. And yep. lo and behold, I beat the Vagrant Story. That game is pretty much 30 hours. Okay, right on the spot. Pretty much on the dime. Uh, there is a huge learning curve with that game. Just absolutely massive. And unfortunately, it's like you either figure it out or you don't, and you quit. Hmm. <laughs> because if you don't understand it, you will quit the game. It is that bad. Uh, okay. And there is, there, is a ho- there is an in-game manual. Unfortunately, the in-game manual has a lot of instances where it says, see the physical manual for more details. And? Well, I don't have a physical manual, so... <laughs> Maybe I could pull up, like, a PDF online or something? Yeah, you'll have or to get I... something. Yeah, so where I went was, instead, I had to, like, peruse who knows what from, like, game FAQs and a bunch of other, yeah. uh, like, YouTube videos explaining the combat systems that are in place with the game and it is complicated not for any good reason and then even when that's done you get this spell called analyze. and it's like what is it called analyze all right and so every enemy you can see what they're wearing for gear and you can see their their creature type as well as uh what their affinities are whether they're vulnerable to like fire damage or air damage, whatever. And that stuff is critically important to playing through the game. And if you analyze the enemy, you'll see all that information. But if mm-hmm. you don't, it's just question marks everywhere and you don't you have to kind of guess. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the problem with the game is uh, as well as like not explaining what these numbers even mean, the problem is also like how buried these uh the analyze is, or how to utilize analyze within your menu system. Now, casting spells is not an issue. Figuring out where to cast the spells and all that, that's not an issue. The issue is once you analyze them successfully, of which you don't even know that you successfully did it, other than <laughs> it doesn't say miss. 
Okay. So you cast on you cast on an enemy. It doesn't say miss. So so you you landed it, but you don't know because nothing else happens after that. Combat continues. You figure after you analyze someone, their you know their status would right. show up, right? That's what you would expect. No, that doesn't happen in this game. No, I give this game credit for being the pioneer of a whole lot of stuff. If you want to figure out the analyze though, oh, it did not pioneer that <laughs> because you have to open up your 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 main menu, which is typically not where you go for combat, typically, no. but apparently you do for this. You then have to go into status on the main menu, which is typically first shows you your character. Mm-hmm. And there is no indicator on there that you can use the shoulder buttons to switch to other enemies in the same room. Wow. So you have to shoulder button without even knowing that shoulder button was a possibility on the status menu, which you think only shows your character, so you think it's your character's status. It's not that. It, it is that, but it's also, if there's other enemies, it shows them as well. So you hit the shoulder button to then go into the enemy, to then see their status and see their equipment and stuff like that. Who playtested these things, right? <laughs> well, so this, is, this game was, I think, like, 99? Yeah. When it came out, or 98, or maybe 2000, right around there. It's like pre-2000s, or maybe 2000s. Uh, when the game released. So you got to give the game some credit, but they also intentionally wanted to make this game for Men- the hardcore. Yeah, so and a little menu-heavy kind of... It's menu-heavy. It's menu heavy, uh, There's a crafting system. Oh, my God. The crafting system in this game, no one will ever understand it. It, <laughs> is, it is bonkers. It is crazy. It's so complicated to figure it out. And is it, is it um is it worth getting invested into it? You know, you have to. You have to. Okay, so it is worth it. So your character doesn't level up at all. Okay, you get better gear. All right, monster. Hunter and that world. is your. So your progress is directly tied to your gear. So you have to either get better gear from drops or craft better gear, which is obviously more reliable to getting better gear. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and you can also, you can get the drops from just killing enemies or you can get drops from like opening up chests. So through exploration, puzzle solving, or killing the, the mini boss, big boss in a room to get the, some special items. Is it, like that. is it random drops or is it kind of random like, drops? Oh boy. Yep. Uh, the drop, the drops from enemies, it's not that bad. It's, it's about right because there's other problems. Uh, this is like quality of life stuff. Like you can only hold so many drops in your active inventory. And then if you want to stash stuff away, you have to go to the stash. But the stash is not at every save point. It's at oh. certain places in the game. And in order to actually stash gear there, uh, you have to save the game. So you throw stuff into the into the stash ch- uh, chess. Yeah. And if you back out and forget to save the game, you have to do that again. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... I imagine you found that out the hard way. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Because I, I tried... it First off, like, figuring out that you're overloaded on stuff is weird, too. Every single weapon in the game is in two pieces. You have a blade, and then you have the handle. 
and you could there is some cool stuff with the crafting system and with the equipment right you could take a blade from like a um for example i took very early on i took the blade from a sword i forgot what the sword was but i took the blade from a sword combined it with the handle of a pole arm or or something like that and i turned it into a not a spear but a pole axe huh so weird stuff like that that's kind so, of interesting actually i like that yeah that stuff was cool it was cool and your blade there's like a little bit like samurai spiritual stuff in there as well because the blades what you use your weapon on that blade develops an affinity for so if you use an axe against uh undead that axe is going to be better and better and better the more you use it against undead specifically interesting so it becomes your undead slayer now, is it, can you get multiple affinities, or... That's another thing. You kind of can. However, there are other, depending on what you are slaying your axe with, you'll gain affinities for the thing that you are slaying, but you'll lose affinity on two other things. I don't like that. So, you have to be careful with what you're slaying. You have to know the, the cycle of which the affinities influence one another. Right. And that's complicated. <laughs> and and there's three affinities. What? Three neuro, no, no, three tier, three different types of affinities. So there's the monster class or creature class or whatever it is. Okay. So there's like humans and undead and and I think um, phantoms and dragons and like one or two others. And then there is the elemental affinity which is like earth fire wind water Captain light Planet. dark yep. stuff like that and then there is the weapon affinity your blade which is uh and and the armor of of the enemy which is uh blunt slashing piercing i think okay so and have... all three of those things will influence the amount of damage you do to an enemy wow that's... And and it's not just you have to know what your weapon does and what the enemy is resistant to on all of those three different categories and the specific individual affinities that they have. That's and if you don't figure if you don't figure it out, yeah. And if you don't figure it out, you do zero to five damage. That's like minimal. Like it's like nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the reason why zero to five is. You do damage, and then there's a random one to five that can be added to your damage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it's you'll do like zero damage every single time until you switch to the right weapon. To right, you know. yeah. At least it kind of like stands out so you know like, oh no, I gotta I gotta figure you figure it out quick, I think, right? So you can just switch it out. But that's a really kinda that's a really interesting mechanic that I I've never even heard of that, right? You've never seen that anywhere. It's basically, it, it, it's not anything new. It's new in how would they do it. Yeah, Very in, new. Right, right, right. In how they However, do it. it's not new, right? Exploiting enemy weaknesses, mm -hmm. right? 
this is Pokemon 101. This is, you know, D&D, right? If something's resistant to fire, then use ice or something like that, right? Yeah. You're going up against fire elemental, use ice damage, right? Stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. we've known this for forever and ever. This game focuses entirely on it, and unfortunately, it presents it in a very obtuse way. So it's not very user-friendly right. in how to get to it. But once you understand it, once you finally figure it out, then you're kind of good. Yeah. It's I mean, a little I, annoying. It, it can be, yeah. I could see that. Just a little bit. It's a little annoying. But once you start to identify the enemies and know, like, oh, that's clearly an undead creature, so I'll use my undead weapon, my good anti-undead. And then but, you can also get gems that you can socket into your weapons mm-hmm. that, and shields um, that can give you better affinities for defense and offense. That must also kind of affect your inventory, right? So you have to kind of carry one of everything right <laughs> so you're kind of yeah. playing this yeah. balancing game i could imagine yeah big time it, it becomes a huge problem because uh you want to carry so at a minimum you want to carry one your best piercing weapon your best blunt weapon and your best uh slashing weapon because those three damage types are the most important mm-hmm. and then after that you kind of want to ca- uh carry one weapon of each of those Ideally, you'd want one weapon of each of those that are good for each of another category. So that's three times, I think, six for for the next set of categories, the next lowest set of categories, which is 18. So that's 18 weapons. Unfortunately, you can only carry eight weapons with you. So you just kind of have to mix and match and figure out the best of your, your categories. Yeah. And-, and that's not even min-maxing to the point of doing the best weapon type with the best creature type with mm-hmm. the best affinity type or or elemental damage type or whatever so yeah that's a min maxer's uh like nightmare <laughs> it, it, it is but man the game is uh so that's the combat so the combat system gets in the way initially once you understand it mm-hmm. it's actually really awesome and initially it starts off really awesome because the things it does new right it's real time but every time you go to attack something, it pauses. Okay, so real and, time, real time with pause. Real time with pause, and then you choose to target a specific point on an enemy, like their arm, their right arm, really? or their left arm, or their right leg, or their left leg, or their head, or their body. It depends on the creature type. If it's a dragon, you can target their te- the tail, or their neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's, uh, I don't know, some weird uh, golem statue thing, you can target its abdomen and weird stuff like that, right? Yeah, right? And depending on the enemy that you're going up against, for example, if you target a dragon's um, head it and basically bring the condition of its head to, I think it's called, uh, I don't know, fatal? I think it's, it might be called fatal condition. Uh, or red, whatever, red, whatever red is. You bring it down to red status, then they can no longer do breath weapon attacks, so they can't fire breath on you. That's that's good. That's a that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that that part's cool. Right, uh, humanoids. If you take out their legs, they will actually have a movement penalty, which helps out because when you're not paused, you're in real time and you can outrun them, and that's important because Position. that allows you to regenerate mana. All right. And more importantly, you have this risk system in the combat. And 
it's kind of complicated to explain, but basically, as you attack enemies in combo, there's a combo system, which is actually pretty cool. You do combo attacks on an enemy. You can kind of like chain together multiple attacks. So you pause and do attack. And if you land a button press, and depending on the button press, you can chain that one hit into multiple hits as long as you keep timing your button presses. So there's like a little bit of a rhythmness wow. to it. And you can kind of do an almost infinite chain as long as you're really, really good and do this big giant chain thing. But every time you're chaining, you're building up your risk higher wow. and higher and higher. And the higher your risk, well, the more damage the enemy is going to do to you. Uh -huh. But the higher your crit rate is, but also the lower your chance to hit is. And also, the higher damage you're going to do becomes. But also, that helps you beneficially because, uh, oh, it's not higher damage than you do. It's, it's you, because you can take more damage, heals on you are better. Okay. So there is a little bit of a benefit. It's mostly a drawback to build yeah. up risk. So you want to make sure that you deplete your risk meter by running away from the enemy as long as you take out their legs. So there's like cool tactical stuff like that that's mm -hmm. in there, position, lots of positional stuff in the game related to that. Uh, it's not like as good as what it could be, but there's just cool stuff like that. It's a very different combat system. Sounds like unlike like, anything else. Yeah, sounds like you need to take like an online class or two to like fully understand how to play this game. Yeah. Like completely, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it is complicated. Uh, there is a, a crazy chart. It's absolutely insane that shows it if you ever look it up online, there's like this big giant chart that is like slanted. It's like a big grid of all the different weapons that you can combine because there's this like the crafting system, you combine like two blades, yep. and depending on the two blades that you combine, it forms a new blade. And there's like this ridiculous, it is one of the most complicated looking charts. I still can't figure it out. No one can figure it out. I'm figure I'm looking at it right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I think the only it. person that put it together, I think only they understand how that, <laughs> that thing works. Otherwise, you go into like this list of tables that are, that is an asinine length long it is completely ridiculous how long these charts are it's got to be like thousands and thousands of lines long to show you every single combination possible i'm thinking maybe like close to ten thousand lines it's ridiculous yep i'm looking at the chart you were talking about wow it's it's <laughs> color coded right yeah it's a big like triangle that's insane. a right angle Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you kind of get a feel for what works and what doesn't work. And thankfully, you can put together, compare two blades and see what the end result would be without confirming. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of just mix and match and see what the combinations are going to be, what the results are going to be. Uh, right. So you kind of just do that. It just takes a long time to do that. Yeah. Anyway. The game life. has so much other stuff that's like really awesome and going for it. Really good story, well presented cinematics. It is definitely I can totally understand why the game gets such crazy amount of praise. This is one of the highest rated RPGs of all time, of all it, time. Is it really? Yeah, it's at like ninety two ish percent on like Metacritic and stuff like that. Nice. Okay. It is insanely high. Uh to me, there is like 
so much weird obtuse stuff that goes against it that I would not rate it that high. But it is a great game. And the big takeaway, the very, very big takeaway, is that Vagrant Story is the best direct inspiration that I can think of. Now, this is in addition to Castlevania, but I think Vagrant Story is a bigger direct inspiration for Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Really? Than Castlevania ever will be. I mean, there there was another one. Um, uh, King King's is it King's Crown? That's really- uh, yeah, yeah. King's. I, I know. I played that game too. Uh, that was a that was a play, PlayStation. That was like a launch, almost a launch title for the PlayStation. King Kingsfield. Kingsfield, yeah, yeah. And Kingsfield Two also came out, but mm-hmm. Kingsfield was first person. It was it was not good. At no, all. no, 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 no. Right. Not good. Very obtuse. First person game. Awkward, quirky, RPG light, not not good combat or anything like that. It was like, fr- it was uh developed by From Software. Yeah, yeah it was. Terrible yeah. engine. Yeah. But King's King's Quest was even though they made it, that was not an inspiration for Dark Souls. No way. Other than the fact that they were interested in making medieval RPGs. Mm-hmm. That's probably the only the only thing that they'd probably pull from King's Quest. They actually made or, looking at it here, Kingsfield one, two, three. Kingsfield 4, up to 4. No. Okay. But it is Vagrant Story. Playing through, playing through and beating Vagrant Story, it is clear to me how much they... The, the From Software, the Dark Souls series, has borrowed from, from Vagrant that. Story. Yeah. Like, crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And, not just that. Uh, what's his name? Metal Gear Solid guy? Um, Metal Gear Solid Kojima? Kojima. <laughs> also borrowed from Vagrant Story. How right? so? the, term, the term the Phantom Pain okay. is a thing in this game. Oh. It's... And it, there's more to it than that. Because mm-hmm. this game got compared back in its day, got compared with uh, Metal Gear Solid for its cinematic storytelling. Okay. Because it was done so well on par with uh, Symphony of uh, with Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, that's part of the praise that Vagrant Story got was it was bringing that Kojima level cin- cinematography right. to an RPG experience. So hmm. a lot of stuff to say about that game. It is definitely an, a amazing game, but if anyone ever wants to play it, you gotta look at some explanation videos for the <laughs> combat system uh, if you ever want to play it because it's good luck trying to figure it out. I mean, what did people do like prior to that? You know what I mean? When the game came out, they had, they had the manual. I mean, is all that in the manual? I doubt it. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's complicated. It is so, so complicated. There's, there's, there's spells in there and, and you learn the spells after you use them. It's very clear that the person who made Final Fantasy Tactics, the person who made the Ogre Battle series and the Tactics Ogre, uh, they made Vagrant Story. Like, you could tell it's their game. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great game. Definitely great game, but wow, is it flawed. flawed. There's, like, great exploration in there, too. Mm-hmm. It's, got, it's pretty much nonstop dungeon delving. There's, pu- uh, there's puzzles 
really cool, really cool, very interesting puzzles galore, exploration, platforming challenges, uh, and like push block puzzles and stuff like that. It and traps and just like dungeon delving stuff. And you can increase your stat. Oh, you can, but but it happens after a boss fight and it's kind of like a uh, lottery system, kind of like um. The big wheel on uh, prices, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of spin it, and it lands on something kind of thing. And that's it. And it's random, so you could get, like, plus one HP or plus five HP. Mm-hmm. Plus one strength or plus two strength. Stuff like that. Like, it's, it can really mess you over uh, because it's so random. You can also, there's also some drops, uh, special drops. You can't farm it. Uh, that will give you permanent stat increases as well. You oh, kind of okay. consume it. It's a one-time one item that you consume. Yeah, yeah, you see that see that quite a bit. Yeah. Nowadays. Sorry for going on a tangent on Vagrant Story. That's not a tangent. You talked about the game the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that, was, cool. that, was a big, that was a big one. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I also finished the Banna Saga. The first uh, one. The first one. Okay. So yeah. You got, you got to play the other ones, right? Yeah, I have to... Uh, it might be a bit before I start too, because uh, the Banna Saga wasn't as great as I hoped it would be. It's still really good, and it mm-hmm. ended on a high. Yeah, it I, I ended th- real good. Just um, I'm gonna just translate what Johnny is saying. He's saying Banner Saga. Um, <laughs> just so you guys know out there, it's uh, yeah. it's, it's New England. That's what we do. So when he says Banna Saga. He's talking about Banner Saga, okay? Yeah, the Banner <laughs> Saga. I apologize. Sorry. <laughs> I'll try to dumb down my accent. Stop. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you're playing Banner Saga. Um, yeah. Ends on a high. The combat sucks. It doesn't suck. It's just... It's, it's, it's very min- min- minimalistic. That's what, I'll, that's what I'll call it. It's minimalistic, and it's nuanced. Uh, not nuanced. Uh, it's plagued with uh, imperfections. There, there's like quirky, unpolished, unrefined elements to the UI design within combat, mm-hmm. and sort of the the backtracking, the lack of being able to backtrack things, stuff that you'd expect, right? Like you moved somewhere, uh, but you kind of accidentally clicked on the wrong spot. Joy-Con drift came, right? Oh boy, yeah. And it forced you to move to a spot that now prevents you from attacking an enemy. Like, that sucks. Yeah. So, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's, there's weird stuff, uh, stuff that can be done way, way better and has been done better in other games. Um, so, for example, like, your own allies uh, block each other from movement. That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a physical limitation. Um, realistically, you cannot do that unless, you know, I don't know. This Most game. games allow Fire Emblem allows you to move through your allies. Yep. This yep. game, some people can move through allies, but not everyone. Most yeah. most people get blocked by everything. It's it's cumbersome. It's a very cumbersome, clumsy combat system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the game is, uh, especially towards the end. The ending is beautiful. Um, so, like, oh yeah, I like the storytelling in that game specifically. So, yeah. and it is Oregon Country, the tactical Oregon, Oregon Trail. Uh, yes, sorry, <laughs> Oregon, Oregon Trail, Trail RPG. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so those are games I finished. 
Okay. I am. I think I'm at the very, very end of Radiant Historia. I feel like you've been playing that for months now. Well, I, it took a back seat when I was going through Final Fantasy Tactics and Vagrant uh, yeah. Story. Right. Uh, and now that I finished uh, the Banner Saga, and oh. now that I'm like very, very close to finishing Radiant Historia, I'm going to finish it. And then, uh, so I'm doing that. I'll talk more about it once I actually finish it. And then uh, I've been playing a lot of Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together. That's the last one of the trifecta from uh, Yasumi Matsuno. So I have to get into those Tactics Ogre games. I think I'd like them. Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together, and this is the uh, the PS the PSP remake. Okay. All I'm gonna say is, it is special. Oh boy, you have it a, is, but you have a special place in your heart for all the Tactics Ogre, any of the Ogre games. No, not really. Like I don't praise uh, Holy Knight of Lotus, the the Game Boy Advance one. Okay. That was a Tactics Ogre game. I don't praise it. I praise Ogre Battle 64. Yeah. And now I'm praising like crazy. Uh, and I, as long as it continues the way that I hope, uh, Tactics Ogre. There, there is special, special stuff in Tactics Ogre. Like, first of its kind across the board. Mm hmm. Like, the OG of stuff. Right. There is some special sauce in this game. Some very special. It has the potential to. Uh, supersede uh potentially ogre battle 64 like and i that's that, probably my number two rpg of all time hmm. wow okay all right what it, else it's quite some what else you got that's it that's it what yeah. have you been playing i've been playing nothing i've been so so busy <laughs> this week uh my list uh, you know I, I beat trials of mana i completed that i completed uh, a name where I, a game I said it was never going to mention. Um, that game, Dark Side of Genesis, is done. Um, I'm just kind of in a weird spot right now. I don't want to get into anything too lengthy because I know Xenoblade Chronicles is coming out, and I and I don't want to get too involved because I want to play something, complete it. So I'm kind of looking for something a little short run. Like I'm looking for short run games. Uh, so I picked up a game called Fury Unleashed. It's a rogue roguelite. Uh, it's it's it reminds me a little bit if like if you could mash up Contra and Borderlands in a in a game. That's what this game reminds me of. It's, Isn't uh, it like a hack and slash? No, not at all. It's it's uh, very much uh, well. It, it, it's a running gun. It's no, not as not as uh, it's not hack and slash. It is a running gun uh, because it's a kind of like a twin stick shooter type of thing. Um, but it's, it's really fun. Uh, the, I love the art. I like the art style in it. The, oh, okay. I was way off. Yeah. I like, I like the art style in it. it again, it reminds me of a, it, it actually takes place in a comic book. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it very much reminds me like the guns like that you can get are all random and they all have random effects to them. And so it very much again, reminds me of that borderlands and it's um, a, it's a platformer. Yeah, it's a it's a platforming um roguelike. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's Metroid. Not Metroid. It's not Metroid at all. No, I know. But yeah. it you know, Metroid has uh platforming and shooting. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess it's like Metroid, but there's no loop back or anything. You know, it's, you know, yeah. you try and find your exit and you repeat, you know, uh, you die, you start over again. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not open world like Metroid. No, and, and throughout every run, you, you start off in a comic book. There are three different worlds, okay? The first one, um, you start off in, uh, you, have to, you have to go through three different runs to complete that comic book. And there are m- multiple bosses within that world, and at the end of the third run in that comic book is a big boss. And even within that, the mini-bosses are all random. The end boss is not so much random, but there are three different end bosses to a comic book. Uh, so there's a lot of, lot of stuff, a lot of content packed into this small, small game. But yeah, it's, it's fun. I, I like it. And like I said, I'm trying to look for something kind of short short live short run uh before i really get into anything big i don't know yeah, short short but sweet yeah i mean i'm 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 kind of eyeballing minecraft dungeons i think i'm going to be getting that shortly um i'll be playing that a lot i i can see so that's going to be taking up a lot of my time along with xenoblade chronicles so ugh, a lot there's going to be a lot going on at the end of the month for me are you getting xenoblade ahead of time or are you getting um, no special treatment. I don't think I'm getting special treatment. I I put out a few more emails to see if I could get special treatment. I I don't I don't believe I will be. Um, although there are a lot of outlets out there who have already put out a lot of previews and all sorts of stuff, and I'm really kind of jealous <laughs> in a way. Um, but yeah, I, I mean the game looks special. I know it is special, and I can't wait to play uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, I've also played, there's like actually Kickstarter up currently for a game called Black Book. And it's a, it's a turn-based RPG and it's got, it's, it's very much, it's a very dark gothic type of RPG um, where you have spells and, and that's all you, that's all you have. So all your, your spells are, it's almost like a card-based RPG as well. Um, It's based off of Slavic uh, myths. So you're essentially, you become a witch and you're dealing with all these kind of, these demons and you have your spell book and it, you have to, what it sounds like you're going to have to do, I only play the prologue, is that you're going to have to build upon your, your spell book and you have very small, very limited spells at the beginning. So the way it runs is um, in your spell book, you have three different pages that you can choose from and and once you use a page you can't use any other spells in that on that page so it's kind of a weird weird kind of i think it's kind of cool setup so but playing a little bit of that a little bit of that it has has very impressive impressive visuals but then you have like the character art which is also good but like very different art style you have like 3d visuals in the back like when you're seeing like what looked like kind of combat, uh-huh. not combat. Uh, there's a lot of talking going on in this game. It yeah, seems they, more visual novel. Yeah, this you could say that they're all they um. It's, again, it's the Kickstarter is currently going. They just reached a stretch goal where they're completely voicing it now. So it's it's and the voice actors that they have going for it are really really good. They have like a demo reel for for the voice actors, and um, they they sound excellent. So. Yeah, you're right though. The the actual the models of the characters themselves are kind of um 
polygonal maybe they're they're kind of uh they stand they're, out they're, yeah there's simple almost no texture shading on them yeah if you uh, if you play the it, game it Ash, action the i'm sorry say that again it, it looks appropriate to the world right it looks like a very clear art style it's dark but it's very atmospheric they got like fog and some pretty good lighting going on mm-hmm. yeah and and I'm I'm watching a combat happen right now. So yeah, you have that that spell book in front of you, and you can flip through the pages to choose different spells. Right. And I can imagine like as your spell book kind of as you get more spells, like I said, once you choose from a page or a, a, a as you're opening the book, once you choose from there, you can't choose any other spells on that. You actually have to flip the page and, and choose something else. So you're kind of limited that way. But um, yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, they did say that they it was coming to consoles and Switch was going to be something that they were aiming for. So, yeah, I don't see this uh, being an issue running on Switch whatsoever. No, I don't see. It. I, I I mean, the only issue would be is it's going to be later. I I don't know when <laughs> they they said they were going to concentrate on a PC release and then kind of work on the consoles after that. Yeah. So it'll if, if probably be a while. On- yeah, if they mess up on it, it's going to be because they messed up, not mm-hmm. because of the Switch. Right. Yeah. So yeah, my uh, my playtime was also limited because it was my daughter's birthday. So I had, you know, this 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 twenty twenty. I'm gonna say it just sucks. <laughs> it really does. You know, just you, I tried to just make it kind of, you know, kind of special for her. I mean, she just turned um, she just turned five, so. You're kind of on that age where you know they may or may not remember. It. So, you know, we tried to make it as special as we could for her. We did a few things, but yeah, it was also her birthday. That's kind of why I wasn't playing a lot either. I had to get the yard ready. I was just trying to just get stuff prepared outside and and whatnot. It was a nice week for it. Does she understand the the lockdown? No, no, not really. I mean, she knows there's a virus going on, and you know we gotta stay home and. It's just a really weird time to be a kid. It really is. Like even like for my son who's going to be turning uh 7 like school is just flipped. He's just starting to get into school and then all of a sudden he's got to do this distance learning thing. And he's like I I don't I don't what am I doing here? I'm like in front of a computer. I'm just dealing with like the way the teachers handle it, just dealing with worksheets and there's no real learning going on, I think. So it's just a weird. It's very weird. There's no socializing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's we, it's, just it's weird for everyone. It really is. It really, really is. Even when you like, when you have to go out and get stuff, it just feels. It just feels strange. It it just feels strange. But yeah, that's it. That's 2020 in a nutshell. Um, so. We did have some new game announcements. We have uh, Open World RPG Cassette Beast. Now, this game looks really different. It's it's I don't even know how to explain it. All right, so it's a it looks like a traditional turn based RPG where you, you have your two static kind of party members going at it, right? Um, but if you if you're um, of age, uh, if you recall what cassettes are, there is a play button, a stop button a pause button, and a flee button, and a record button. Each one of those buttons kind of do something. Now, I, I I haven't really watched a video of it. I'm actually going to kind of take a peek at it now. I'm, I'm watching a video of it right now. 
it rem- the overworld reminds me of Skellboy. I don't know if you remember Skellboy, kind of that voxel um yep. look looking game. So the overworld looks similar to that. Now But the- not the characters. No, not the characters. The characters kind of stand stand out a little bit more than that. Well, the characters are definitely sprites. They're not 3D objects. Mm-hmm. Uh and the world is in 3D, but it's textured to look like it's a sprite. It's kind of like, uh, oddly enough, Octopath Traveler, the HD 2D yep, kind of yep. thing. Uh, except that the art style is much more vibrant. There's less uh, effects going on um, mm. and things like that. It, but it, it's, it's kind of similar. It's not as densely packed under there, uh, not as dioramic. And the camera angle is slightly different from yep. uh, for certain things. But yeah, it's, it's very similar. All right, let me Impressive. just, I'm going to read a quick description. Uh, grab your cassette player, it's time to transform. Collect awesome monster forms to use during turn-based battles. In this indie open-world RPG, combine any two monster forms using Cassette Beast Fusion System to create unique and powerful new ones. So you're combining monsters that you can kind of, you're, you're collecting, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of got some cool things going on, some some difference. I've never seen something like that. So consider like a uh, Pokemon where you're collecting monsters and then you can combine two monsters to, to fight. I, th- I think that's kind of kind of cool. So, yeah. Uh, that... Yeah. I mean, they are... Oh, man. Um, what? This can't be right. I must be watching something that's because I'm seeing the same names of Pokemon and the same almost the same sprites as Pokemon, so it's like a a blatant copyright infringement. So this must be something I must be watching something wrong. But I see like uh, Digfetch and Diglett uh, or Farfetch and Diglett. Uh, it's a Farfetch and a Diglett combined together to make a Digfetched. Um, or something like that. Yeah, that would absolutely be cop cream for. I'm not sure what you're looking at. Um, but yeah. If you, if you look at the linked article, it it'll, it has a reveal trailer that kind of shows combat and and whatnot. Yeah. So you got let's see, fusion system. I I might be watching like an old. No, this is from May 12th. This is, this is like a couple days, you know, four days ago. Uh, let's see, you got traffic crab. And uh, spring heels. So you got like this weird like crab with a traffic cone that combines with a yes bat wearing boots. Uh, <laughs> looks like a bat superhero, but it's a bat still. <laughs> yep. They combine together to make traffic heel, which is a orange mouse bat based dog with boots <laughs> and a traffic cone over its head. It's weird. Yep. So yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's kind of interesting. They're doing something a little different. That's what we want, right? Uh, well, I don't know if it's different. They're they're combining two different things to make a new thing. I don't think that's different. It's Pokemon. You you're doing monster battling things, and you're just making your. You have a new way of collecting monsters by being able to match seemingly weird combinations. Oh, wow, they're showing some of these weird combinations. They're weird. <laughs> That's interesting, but 
if that's what the main focus of the game is, um, I don't really care. Because Pokemon, we don't play Pokemon, right? Well, we don't play Pokemon. There are people who would play this for sure, so... Sure, but if those people haven't played Pokemon or haven't stopped playing Pokemon, why would they choose this game over Pokemon? It's something new, something different. Uh, Pokemon hasn't changed in 30-plus years, so... What are you talking about? Pokemon changed big time with Sword and Shield. All uh, right. Let's let's take it easy with change big time. Well, for Pokemon, it's big. Yeah, for Pokemon, it could be big, but it's relatively the same. Relatively the same. Anyway, uh, another new game announcement. Um, War of Ashard coming to the Switch. This is a new strategic turn-based RPG um, by... Is uh, Igrazil Studio. This was another Kickstarter, uh, and it's raised over $30,000, and it's got still over a month left to go. Um, War, of, War of Ashard is a unique game that combines the, all the elements of strategy RPG and the elements of managing your castle. The story focuses on a young boy who, by a twist of fate, becomes a key player in the war between three powerful nations. Um, and from his humble beginnings, our hero will rise in rank through the mighty deeds on the battlefield until he commands his own army. So it looks like kind of a, um, uh, maybe an open, I don't, I don't know what to call this. It's open world exploration, but it looks like if you touch an enemy, you're going to go into combat Yeah, and in combat. It's grid-based tactical, uh, turn-based antics. Yeah, the one thing I don't like is the actual battlefield looks very... And this could be kind of still Generic. early. Yeah, it's very, very plain. Uh, very, uh, very plain. There's, there's I don't just, know. There's no high elevation. There's nothing like that. I mean, it's just a big open desert kind of field. Um, well, there's, there is some grassy fields. Yeah. Um, it it dep- I think that depends on the environment that you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a good game. It is so incohesive on how it's presenting itself. Or at least this is not a very well put together trailer. Yeah, it could be that. I mean, what I'm look what we're I think what we're looking at is this the Kickstarter update. So I'm, I I'm not listening to what's going on. Um, and it could be still very early in the. It just could be showing things off, you know. That it still be could still be early. Um, War of Ashford is targeted for a release sometime in twenty twenty two. So there's still a lot, a lot of time in this. Yeah, and I think I would be okay with fans giving a little bit of scrutiny to uh, these developers for doing fan servicey things. I don't know what that means, fan servicey things. Oh. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Just, you know, maybe they make something great, but, uh, yeah, no. I wouldn't back this. Oh, yeah. Um, Not with how they're presenting it right now. Okay. Another monster catching RPG <laughs> called Nexomon. Oh, Not man. Pokemon, Nexomon. This is actually was or is a mobile game. So Nexomon Extinction is a monster-catching RPG 
set in a world inhabited by humans over and has over 300 types of creatures called Nexomon. However, it is under threat from the tyrant Nexomon, seeking dominion over the world. Already has a better plot than Pokemon. Uh, Nexomon Extinction is being developed by uh, 4 PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. Expected to launch this summer. Uh, it is essentially um, Pokemon. <laughs> there's just there's I don't think there's any way around it. I mean, it does have you know there are things they're not trainers, they're tamers. There's just kind of just you know spin off of a Pokemon. It's another. I mean, even when the visuals look like another MOBA, just another MOBA game. Yeah. It always just makes me so uninterested. Uh, I don't care how Pokemon-y the game is and how different it may be formula-wise. The visuals, when it goes into battle, really cool. I do like how that looks. Mm-hmm. But the overworld perspective is, like, bad mobile. It's not bad, but it's just, like, you've seen it so many times before, mobile-style uh cartoony not i don't even want to say cartoony it's just like so like pr friendly visuals like um, like yeah. we, have, we have tested test grouped this art style a thousand million times this is what the general this is what offends the general population the least so we're going to go with that art style kind of thing yeah it looks kind of gen- a little generic oh very generic yeah it's not bad but it's also ha- lacks it lacks uniqueness. Mm-hmm. I've seen this art style in so many other mobile games before. Right. But that's different from the combat. The combat visuals look awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that, but it, it actually yep. looks... The, the way the characters are drawn, the way that they're animated, looks real cool. I'm down with that. Yeah, it almost looks like a, uh, a cartoon or an anime. They're, with the way they're positioned in, in, on the screen. Yeah, it, do, it does look cool. Yeah, that. this could be something. This could be to pay attention to. Yeah, uh, I would put it off. Yeah, and it's it's coming up uh, rather quickly uh, this summer. I wonder if it would be free to play. That I I don't think it is, um, because I did see an article somewhere um, that it, it was going to be fifty dollars. Um, wow. Yeah, I I'm gonna have to look it up here. That seems seems like a lot. Where to buy? Yeah, you could be thinking of the next new game that we're about to talk about. No, I'm sorry. I'm I'm look. I'm sorry. I'm gonna reiterate that that I saw. I'm I'm looking at Nexomon extension. This is the Amazon.co.uk. This is where the link took me. It's thirty dollars. Okay. So, yeah. Speaking of $50. What? What's $50? The next game we're going to talk about. What is that? I'm not there right now. Oh. oh. <laughs> it is uh, Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town. Oh. This is, this is just not my thing. <laughs> it's, it's Harvest Moon. It is Harvest Moon. Yeah. Just Story of Seasons. Not by the Harvest Moon people. No, not yet, anyways. That, that we'll talk about later. 
Well, um, this is Harvest I don't know why they stopped calling it Harvest Moon, but this is Harvest Moon. Okay. It it is. It has they have switched. I guess they did a bait and switch of the title for whatever reason, and they stopped calling it Harvest Moon and now they call it uh Story of Seasons. I wonder if there's some sort of trademark something somewhere. If you did some research, I don't even know. No, it's it's the same art. It's the same character design. This mm-hmm. is the same series. You can like it's clear as day. It's like it's the same it's the same series, the same kind of look of the characters and presentation uh and gameplay uh that you would expect from Harvest Moon. This is Harvest Moon. It's just okay. for whatever reason, I I don't know why. I I don't I never bothered to look into why they changed the the name of the series, but they changed the name of the series. All right. Story of Seasons Friends of Mineral Farm will launch on the Switch both physically and digitally July 14th. Uh, and this is from publisher Exceed. Uh, they're looking at, again, $49.99 US dollars. Um, it comes with a, um, I think they say, physical copies include the Strawberry Hanoko Pocket Plushie. Nice. Uh, and also, uh, digital pre-orders uh, come with a cow costume. Uh, which can also be purchased separately if you don't get it for $1.99. Again, this is a uh, farming life simulation RPG. I know a lot of, I know a lot of people love this. I mean, people playing not that Animal Crossing is a farming sim, but people are playing that sort of game. People love Stardew Valley, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Again, well, th- this is going to be Stardew Valley but with 3D visuals and graphics, mm. but less content. Yeah, it's, it's just not. I, it's just not for me. Yeah, this this is not going to be as content heavy and content rich regarding like different things that you can do uh, as Stardew Valley. There are going to be some unique things that this game will do that Stardew Valley won't do, though. So I'm not saying right. that Stardew Valley is going to cover what this game does, uh, and then some. Uh, there will be some, a lot of overlap, but there will be also some some places where this game will stand out. I I will say that the handling of this franchise has been ever since the Nintendo sixty four has been very clumsy to to play it safe. Um, <laughs> they 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 never built good engines for these games. They never made games that ran well. The only one that ran well was the original Super Nintendo game. And that's that's a bit unfortunate. That's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. But the <laughs> Super Nintendo game was absolutely fantastic. I played that game. It was just brand new stuff. I never even realized I loved, and I loved Harvest Moon. I loved it so much that I was looking forward to Harvest Moon 64 until it got reviewed and got trashed because it was trash it was trash yeah yeah it's it's not for me not for me at all uh but yeah you guys will get it july 14th moving on we our next game zenjin zenjin will see in 2020 this is another pq game along with that nexamon game uh this is an online rogue anime roguelite um let's see if i can find something here anime infused action rpg zenjin uh, which first launched for PC via Steam June 2019 is coming to the PS4, 
Xbox One, and Switch in 2020, publisher P-Cube and developer Indie League Studio announced. So, again, um, this is an online action RPG, but it's got it's roguelite, so I, I'm not sure how that's going to play with online. It feels a little weird. Oh, I can see it right now. Yeah. Oh, are you talking about like how well the online will be? Well, not not just that. Just I think having or, or playing online with because it's got like random loot drops. It's got um. This is, this is anime Diablo. That's right, exactly it, what this is. But it feels like that. But how do you incorporate a roguelite into that? Uh, Diablo's a roguelike. It, it is, but you you don't lose everything once you die, or uh, you, you used to. You used to. Okay. You used to lose experience when you die in Diablo. Not no more. Diablo 2. Not anymore. It. Yeah, yeah. They, they changed they it. They babied it. They babied it. All right. Are you trying to, what are they you trying to say? It. I'm not so tough as you? No, just Diablo 3, they babied it. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, okay. So, essentially, okay. It's an anime Diablo 1 and 2. Or 2. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know what the actual thing is. But when you look at it, it looks like... Diablo three, because I'm just gonna go with something that's more because you do it does show the uh, the sort of circles that it radiates sort of gives you the the indicators and the warnings that you need in order to react and stuff like that. There is a dodge mechanic that I saw. Yep. Uh, you could do AOE spells. Uh, there's uh, melee combat going on. It's top down perspective, hack and slash, straight up Diablo looking stuff, but all anime looking. It actually looks good. Yeah, it, look, it, it looks, looks really good. Uh, it looks polished, is what I w- yes. wanted to say. Um, yes. And it got mostly positive for on Steam, so it actually it looks really cool. Um, and it's not it costs it's what nine dollars on on Steam, so I could see this being like a twenty dollar game on Switch. Uh, there, it doesn't doesn't give you any prices or anything like that. But this is a game called Zenjin. Look out for it! It's coming. Um, I don't know if I want to. Do you want to talk about this last, this last new game announcement here? Uh, I. It's an indie title, so take it easy. Well, I I guess since since it's the last one on this list, might as well just get it out of the way. Okay. Uh, this is called uh, a game published and developed by Nintendo. Uh, actually, not developed by Nintendo. It is developed by Inte- Intelligent Systems. Is that what it is? I, think I don't know. I, I've never heard of either of them. Well, either way, it's called Paper Mario the o- and uh, the Ori- Origami King. That's it. Thank you. Oh, like origami folding like papers. Paper. Yes, yeah. yes. This is actually this was like very surprising. And what was surprising, we kind of everybody kind of thought, you know, they're working on Mario stuff, all right? Yeah, cool. They're probably going to maybe port over some Paper Mario, whatever. So we get Paper Mario, but not only that, it's like coming like really, really soon. I, that's that was to me the bigger surprise. That this is coming July seventeenth. Um, yeah, so Paper Mario: The Origami King. Um, what do you what do you got to say about this? I mean, you are the resident Paper Mario enthusiast here. Well, I'm I'm more of the older three Paper. I played the first three Paper Mario games. Uh, and I guess you've played the last one or two iterations. I play Color Color Splash. Yep. 
All right, so you played the most recent iteration, and that's unfortunate that your <laughs> that your entry into Paper Mario was so. Here's how Paper Mario started. Paper Mario the original was basically Nintendo wanting to make a sequel to Super Mario RPG, mm-hmm. but Square Enix being I'm out because it was on the N64. So Nintendo just did it themselves via uh, intelligent systems. Mm-hmm. And then that became a huge success, and GameCube came out, and they're like, let's do this again. Once again, struck, you know, iron struck fire, wh- whatever the phrase is, sparks flew, Paper Mario 2, Thousand Year Door, best in the franchise, and one of the best RPGs of all time, absolutely fantastic, hilarious game, just funny, excellent combat system, very unique combat system at that, too. Uh, just awesome. And then from 2, for whatever reason, they went with the third one, which was Super Paper Mario, and they kind of threw the formula out the window and did very non-RPG stuff. So the first two were RPG games, and then from Super Paper Mario onwards, it went into weird land and did <laughs> more like platformer, adventure, puzzle solving, which, yes, those things were in the RPG one, but the RPG one was still, like, RPG. Right. And then they kind of, like, trashed the... I think they got rid of any partners that you would have had, uh, party member partners that you could switch out, like, in Paper Mario 1 and 2 and stuff like that. So they, like, dumbed it down even more uh, to a very simple level to where it became... Something that wasn't fun to play as a platformer and clearly wasn't an RPG, so no one knew who it was appealing to. I didn't. <laughs> I played Super Paper Mario on the Wii, and that was, uh, I had to, I got like, I don't know, maybe like three quarters of the way through. I never beat that game because it was just, there was a lot of dialogue. They went heavy on the writing on that one. Wow. It just kept going and going. It was. <laughs> kept going uh so i stopped playing it and it wasn't even that fun no that's too bad yeah but i'm I'm excited for this this is what the rumors have been saying way back in like january or maybe even december we were hearing rumors about a return to form paper mario game whenever i hear return to form i don't think color splash i don't think sticker star and I certainly don't think the worst one in the bunch, Super Paper Mario. I think Thousand Year Door. Mm-hmm. That is the true return to form. And just by looking at the two minute, less than that, two minute video, as well as some leaked stuff that Nintendo has quickly unleaked, uh, and some screenshots that they have posted, this is a return to form Paper Mario game, like traditional. RPG, Paper Mario, through and through, and the combat system, it looks like they have evolved it in a very interesting way with that little circular thing. But if you look in the background, you see the audience. Mm -hmm. That is Paper Mario 2 stuff right there. And the fact that they have that audience, uh, and if you look at the very bottom of the screen, uh, or at least on some of the screenshots that have the UI present during combat, you'll see, whoop, let's not do that. You'll see that there is a, a 
uh, a couple of buttons and some of the labels is you can like uh, you can interact with the audience in some way. I forgot, I forgot what those labels were, but they were labeled in a way that the audience could be you could cater to them in some way or another. I forgot what the actual words were. There was an actual uh, audience to begin with, so even then, and there's actual audience. Yeah. Yes. So this is like Paper Mario Two seems to be a very, very, very direct inspiration for this game. I am super excited, and there are the some of the video, the video that was leaked. I, I believe it was the China video that was leaked, and Game Explain went went over this. The China video that was leaked that was showing off the combat, the battle system, it was only like a 20 second long video. There was a very subtle difference. The Chinese one versus the one that was shown to American showed that there was a party member with Mario in the combat. Mm -hmm. And that is a big difference because now you know that – and they were showing party members traveling with Mario as, during the main trailer. Right. But they didn't show any party members with Mario during combat. Right. And that little leak thing shows a party member with Mario during combat, which is a very big deal. Right. Yeah, I think they uh they determined that it could have been um is it Toad or something like that? Yeah, it it was the Toad Explorer Captain Toady looking yeah, yeah, yeah. character. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this. I mean, mostly because it's got it looks like there's a lot of exploration that you can do. I know that the other ones had it, but this one looks a, a lot more vast. Um, yeah, it's there was sailing in there. There was uh there was a lot of again, there was a lot of open spaces. It was quite expansive. More it looked way more open world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then not to mention the end of the trailer, you had Mario with a Samus the helmet on, a Metroid helmet, Samus's helmet doing whatever he was doing and it was just after after the after the uh, the release date announcement uh, after the release date showed after the Nintendo splash screen, then you had this Metroid thing. Like, <laughs> what yeah. was what was that about? Like, what are they what are they insinuating there? Right? They are they are inserting that because it's been how many months and years since uh, Nintendo. When did Nintendo mention that they were restarting Metroid? That was a year and a half ago, right? That was January. You mean restarting with Retro? Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to look. I, I don't know. I think that's January 2019 or de or December 2018 when they did that. Mm -hmm. That that big giant apology. Right. So, and that was the last time Nintendo officially did any sort of comments on Metroid Prime. Mm -hmm. in any way so with that being said showing that off clearly nintendo was saying yes we know you metroid fans out there are starving for something 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 anything right and i, I am starving i'm famished it's been it's been very long i want to eat some some samus uh, <laughs> oh man <laughs> they yeah. threw that in there it's a bone. They threw us a bone. I am gnawing on that bone. I am mm -hmm. gnawing on the Samus bone. Can't wait. I can't wait it to is, see what they have going on there. And the rumors, if you remember, about the Metroid rumors. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember it was, you know, Retro had um, Metroid Prime 4 going on, as well yep. as kind of a, a trilogy, right? Kind of bringing back the Prime series. 
the Metroid Prime trilogy, are basically remastering the Metroid Prime trilogy. Maybe who knows? Maybe it's a remake of the Metroid Prime trilogy. But there is one more. What? Yeah, you don't I remember this. I don't remember this. What are you talking about? So the rumor is that, and this is what I think it was placating to. I hope I use the word correctly. Uh, the Mercury Steam people who made the Samus Returns or Return of Samus Returns <laughs> remake yep. of Metroid 2 are making a remake, allegedly, of Super Metroid. Personally, I think there's other Metroid games that they should remake other yeah, than Super yeah. Metroid. I think so too. But they kind of don't need to remake any other Metroid game because they're all essentially perfect now. Mm -hmm. But if so, if they are going to remake one, then sure. Metroid 2 is the next oldest one to remake. Right. Or, uh, sorry, Metroid Met 3. Super, Super Metroid. Super Metroid, yeah. Yeah. So I believe they are remaking Super Metroid, because that was the rumor, that they're remaking Super Metroid, and it is the Mercury Steam people, and I believe this tease at the very end was that... a tease for that. I don't know. I, I mean, it, maybe. Um, I, I think it's just more of like, hey guys, we know you've been waiting for Metroid. We haven't forgotten about you. We're still, we're still, stuff is still going on. So, who knows? Well, I'm, I'm willing to, to put a bet on this because if you follow the time, the development time between uh, Metroid Samus Returns, up until now, that is a perfect, I believe, three and a half years mm -hmm. that Mercury Steam has been working on something. And we know that they've touched Metroid and delivered really well right. on a 3DS and that there's nothing else on the 3DS for them to develop for. And they've done prior 3DS games, so clearly they moved on to some new console. You would think, right? And they haven't done anything, and they haven't announced anything, and they've been very hush-hush and quiet. Clearly, they're working on... Now, what I would prefer is actually not a remake of Super Metroid, and I would prefer the rumored, long-ago rumored, Metroid Dread. I don't know much Metroid Dread. Yeah, it, it it never it never released. Okay, it, it was never a thing. But Metroid Dread would be a brand new game. I don't know what it would be about, but it would be a legitimate Metroid game. The code name was Metroid Dread. It was, oh, it was like right. a project okay. kind of yep. Yeah, yeah, they could do do something of their own of their own ilk rather than trying to remake something. Oh, because they they prove their worth with a remake. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what I really think it is because I think they are ready to go. And I still think Retro Studios is so far away with Metroid 4. And because they're so far away, Nintendo doesn't want to use the Metroid Prime Trilogy bullet yet. They don't want to shoot that yet because Metroid Prime Trilogy is a great weapon to use to coincide with a you know three-month later, six-month later Metroid Prime 4 proper. Right. All right, all, my I mean, it's off now. All right, it's cool. off now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I mean, the timeline. You're right. It works. It works out. Um, I'd like. I'd love to know what they're working on, but who knows, right? But this obviously, they're just telling us 
yeah, Metroid. Get get ready for it. And that might be their next their next thing, their next announcement. You know, who knows? Who knows? That's their June surprise, maybe. Maybe. I mean, a surprise. I I I want a big surprise. It better be Metroid Prime Four over anything else. Well, Paper Mario, the Origami King. That is a big surprise. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I two agree. Game is two months away. I, that's what I mean. That's what really took me um, yeah. by surprise. Not the fact that yeah, we're getting another another Paper Mario, but it's like two months out. Like <laughs> that's crazy. You gotta you gotta get a hold of Paper Mario Thousand Year Door and beat that game. You what gotta, you, man. What do you think I am? A machine like you? I ain't no machine. You got two months. I know Xenoblade's gonna throw a big giant monkey wrench. Oh yeah, along with Minecraft Dungeons. Oh, come on. You're going to prioritize Minecraft Dungeons over Paper Mario 2? Yes, because I'm playing with my children. Okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> All right, thank you. All Your right. children could join you and play Paper Mario 2 with you. It's not... Uh, nah. Nah. It would nah. be like they're, they're... You know, a nice... It's, it is a very nice RPG could, introduction yeah. to non-RPG enthusiasts. Yeah, I could definitely get my son into it. Um, in fact, actually, my daughter, because Paper Mario Color Splash is my first, like, in on Paper Mario. She actually likes it. So, yeah, you know, I'll give it a shot. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I got no guarantees. I keep pushing. You do. You know, you're pushing those buttons. All right, that's it for new game announcements this week. Uh, moving along real quick, uh, run down here. We have four games that are coming May 20th. Uh, for via Nintendo Online, kind of their NES, Super NES collection. Uh, the really only one of note, I guess, is uh, for NES, we have Rygar. Apparently, this is some sort of RPG. I don't remember this ever being an RPG. I remember this being a ridiculously pain-in-the-butt game. <laughs> That's what well, I remember it, about it. Uh, it's, it's an action-adventure platformer with uh, RPG elements, so it's kind of along the lines... Not as RPG as Zelda 2, but certainly right. as RPG, or close to being as RPG, maybe li even a little bit lighter than Castlevania 2, which is pretty much an RPG, mm -hmm. very much an RPG. Uh, there are NPCs, but they're not, uh, there aren't towns or things like that. Sure. Uh, yeah, it, it's, got some, are, yeah. it's got some RPG elements, like, like, yeah. you, like yeah. you had mentioned. So, yeah, yeah. like... Rygar is really the only one of, of note. I mean, you had Wild Guns, Panel, Dupon, Operation yeah. Logic Bomb. I, I think they've pretty much struck struck out with the NES as far... Not struck out, but they're, they've kind of tapped that source with the NES. Decent games there. Yeah, I'm fully so, with you. I think these Super Nintendo games, some of them could be good. I have no clue about this puzzle game. Yeah, I don't know. I have no clue, but... The other two, they're not great games, but they could be fine to play. I watched a video for Operation Logic Bomb because I had no clue what that was. Mm -hmm. And uh, it looks all right. Yeah, it looks all right. It's kind of, it's a top-down shooter, right? Is that the one? I think I played that yeah, one. Yeah, top-down shooter. Long, You're long, sort long of navigating ago. through like a indoor lab maze thing. Yeah. Robots I, and whatnot. What's, what, what's really holding up the Super Nintendo collection is kind of their... The intellectual properties don't belong to Nintendo, or they're kind of maybe held on to by maybe like game uh, big companies like Square or, or whatever, and they're not yeah. wanting to let them let let go of them. So, um, 
that, that's, that's really, yeah, that's definitely what's going on. So we're getting kind of okay games. Okay. Meaning like not that great. Um, but that's that there. Um, let's dig into some numbers. Famitsu says, what do they say? Well, uh, the Switch has been selling like hotcakes. However, the weeklies has now shown the only the only important thing. Like, obviously, we know the Switch is doing good. Animal Crossing has now surpassed every Switch title in Japan. It is in now J- the number one selling Switch game of all time in Japan. Hmm. It beat Smash. That's it. Crazy. Beat Mario Kart. It's crazy. Um, a lot of this, though, I mean, granted, yes, poss- like people were very, very excited about the game. It is a very popular game. I think a lot of it has to do with the, the time right now, right? Absolutely. Um, everybody's kind of stuck at home. You know, this is a game that you're going to kill a lot of time with this game. That's all you have. That's that's kind of like the pushing. That's the how it, the game progresses, right? It's, it's time. Um, it, it gives you a steady habit to work on. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I, I think that the timing is is really where, yeah, you know, the biggest reason why it's doing well. But yeah, so that was one little fun uh, financial nugget. That's Another crazy. financial nugget that we got is uh, Animal Crossing total sales thirteen point four one million, and that was based on uh, six weeks of sales. That's that's a lot of lot a lot of copies. That is absolutely insane. It is the sixth best overall. This is total worldwide. Sixth best selling game. It is getting, it has surpassed Pokemon Let's Go, the com- the combined Pokemon Let's Go, and it is on the heels of Sword and Shield. Well, Sword and Shield a little bit further away, but it's on the heels of those games. But more mm-hmm. importantly, it's about to surpass Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild craziness has happened this is crazy land that that is crazy land especially considering that um breath of the wild had almost a one-to-one switch to game um i mean there weren't many games to play it's a launch title so obviously people are gonna kind of go for zelda's very recognizable um but here here's the thing though like this this game there are multiple copies per household in a lot of instances you know so just it's insane how much how and it's only been out for six weeks. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, more financial data. And by the way, all this financial data is coming out because it's the end of the fiscal year for Nintendo. So they're doing all their shareholder meeting stuff that has already happened, and this is the results of it where they're reporting on total sales numbers and expected sales numbers and all that stuff. So here's another cool little uh data tidbit. The total system sales for the Nintendo Switch is now fifth worldwide is now fifty five point seven seven million units, uh, and that is more than both the Nintendo sixty four and the GameCube combined. That is wow. also more than the Super Nintendo, and that is dangerously close to outselling the nin- original Nintendo Entertainment System. Breaks my heart. It really and does. It, <laughs> and if it outsells the original Nintendo Entertainment System, that'll make the Switch the second best-selling Nintendo console of all time. The second? Oh, so what is first? Wii? 
the way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's that's insane. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I'm saying console. I'm not including handhelds. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even so, I mean, it's it's deserved, right? I mean, there are a lot of really, really good games on this, and it combines. It. I mean, we say this all the time. It combines the best of both worlds. Whether you want to play it on yeah. TV or just take it wherever you want, hey. It's just perfect. It's the perfect console. It really is. Yeah, the only the only yeah. thing I would ever want for it is just more horsepower. You know, more power under that hood to play some or to bring in some. You know, some graphical fidelity. You know, bring in that yeah. those big hitters. I'm I'm totally with you. That and way more reliable Joy Cons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you're not kidding. If yeah, if they could fix that, that'd be great. Yeah, I they're they're useless right now it's bad are both of yours drifting or uh it's still just the left one thankfully because i barely use my i go out of my way to not use the joy con yep and instead of move my character if there's ever a game where i can use the the buttons instead of the the left stick i'll use the buttons to move my character instead of using the stick i try to avoid using the stick as much as possible i have a joy con right now nintendo still has it i haven't been able to get it back um, but I had um, a set of Joy Cons previous, the original Mario ones, Mario Red ones. I can't even, I can't even use it. So as soon as I attach it, I'm moving left all the time. I, I can't even, it's it's unusable. So I'll have to maybe get some Joy joysticks on Amazon and repair it myself. But even then, I've had those kind of go as well. So I don't know what the heck is going on. All right. Uh, some further financial stuff, some quick stuff. So to put into perspective how successful the Switch is, even though it hasn't outsold all the all the other Nintendo consoles yet, just to put this in perspective, it's only halfway to outs- to being better than the Wii. Actually, it's a little bit past halfway. Mm-hmm. But it's right around the halfway mark of Wii sales. Yet, as of right now, the Nintendo Switch... The following franchises have sold best on the Nintendo Switch. Super Smash Bros., Legend of Zelda, Splatoon, Fire Emblem, Animal Crossing, Xenoblade Chronicles have all sold their best. In addition, uh, Luigi's Mansion, Mario Party, Mario Kart, all of, and uh, 3D Mario's, you know, uh, uh, whatever it was called, <laughs> have seen, uh, Odyssey, sorry, uh, have seen their best sales. And it's not just Odyssey. It's also uh, uh, Super Mario, new Super Mario U Deluxe, mm-hmm. right? All of these franchises have seen their best single you know, title sale in the history of those franchises on the Nintendo Switch. That's insane. It's insane so, I mean, how... The well... Smash, the best-selling Smash game is on Switch. The best-selling... Luigi's Mansion game of all time is on Switch. The best-selling Mario Kart game of all time is now on Switch. That's That's crazy. crazy. And it could actually be even higher, you know, if they could keep up with the demand. (laughs) You know, there'd be more Switches in houses, more games in those houses. It'd be even higher. It would be even higher. That's crazy. And that's your financial minute. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a little more than a minute. That's okay. Um, little uh, little tidbit. Children of Morta is getting its second update, uh, adding new game plus and expanded lore. 
Um, let me see if I know when that is coming here. New Game Plus in Children Mode encourages players to undertake the story of the Bergson family line. It promises both further challenging content as well as mechanical upgrades in the form of increased skill point caps for characters and further upgrade tiers in the workshops uh, that players eventually unlock through their playthrough of Children Mora. Um, does it have a... I'm trying to look for a date or an estimated time. It doesn't really have that. No, I'm not seeing that. But either way, it's coming. It's coming soon. Children of Mora is always one of my recommended games, so definitely check that out. Actually, it's saying it's out now. Is it out now? Yeah, out now. I, okay, it's out now. Got, jump on it. Jump on it. Jump on it. Up to, I up agree. To, it's great. What's that? The game's great, and it's a free. It's free. Free update. Free, free update. Do it. Do it to it. All right, cool. Um, that's re- Just a real quick hitter. Just wanted to remind you guys that. Um, then we have all these digital events. All right, we have a ton of digital events coming up. Uh, one I want to mention here. Uh, I'm gonna. We're gonna mention a lot of them, but here's one of them: the Gorilla Collective. All right, this is an all-new online digital games festival to reveal fresh new announcements, trailers, gameplay from a ton of developers. Okay, this is going to be June sixth, seventh, and eighth. So this is kind of around the same time as as E3. And the list of developers are as follows. Not all of them, but I'm going to kind of just go over <laughs> some of the bigger ones. They have 11-Bit Studios, Another Indie, um, Funcom, Good Shepherd, Humble Bundle, Larian Studios. Love them, guys. Um, Paradox Interactive, Raw Fury, Thunderful, Versus Evil. And um, yeah, th- there's, there's so many, so many more um, on, on the list here. So that is going to be, again, a digital event, June 6th, 7th, and 8th. I know that Larian did say that they have Divinity Original Sin 2 news coming out, so I don't know what that is going to be. They said that, uh, what was the wording that the gentleman used? That um, Divinity Original Sin, they have Baldur's Gate news to announce, and Divinity Original Sin 2 news are in the cards so i don't know if it's going to be a card-based game i i have it seems like everyone's doing a card-based game based game and i'm going to be honest i hope it isn't i hope it's not a digital card game it could be an expansion to the board game or a sequel to the board game right they do have the board game going on so yes it could be it could be that uh they also had they were doing um they were doing um what was that game before Baldur's gate they had to put it on hold. Oh, geez, I had it on the... It was Divinity Original Sin 2, um, but it had... It was not an expansion. It was a kind of a standalone game. I, I don't recall what it was off the top of my head, but I, I'm guessing maybe it's something to do with that. Yep. But, yeah, that's that one there. And then we have Tokyo Game... Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to add on to that? just wanted to add that this event is being hosted by Greg Miller and is part of Kinda Funny Game Showcase. Oh, yeah. I, I had I had no idea. So it's probably going to be only PlayStation stuff here. Is that what uh, what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just, it's the Kinda Funny people. So they did, they have done this indie presentation stuff before. Yeah, they had their so, own thing for, uh, for a little bit. Yeah, it seems like they're just doing the same thing that they did before, but kicking it up a notch, working with other people as well to present a, an even better showcase. 
That's cool. I, I had no, no idea Greg Miller was involved in that. All right. Next, Tokyo Game Show is planned to take place online due to the pandemic going on. Um, Tokyo Game Show is a rather large... It's Actually, I think it's one of the largest uh, video game conventions um, to take place. So they are getting their stuff together, and they're going to be doing it online. Do they have a schedule? Yes. It's going to be a little later than I think you normally is. September 24th. Yeah. Through the 27th. That is... I th I think you're right. That is later. Usually, it's like right around uh, the beginning of September, the end of August. Yeah. Usually. Yep. Um, and they do mention in here that it is not known what impact this will have for Nintendo at this time. So, I mean, again, like I had mentioned, it's one of the bigger uh, video game cons, and um, yeah, pretty cool. All right, next convention. Or online <laughs> online hosting here. Uh, where am I here? Oh, I think no. we're done. Oh, no, I want, we wanted to mention this. No, we're not done. Uh, oh. Um, Fimitsu Readers, um, they had, we've we kind of been doing this a lot recently where we do the top 40 most anticipated games voted by the Fimitsu Readers. This week hasn't really changed much at all. Uh, I'm not seeing anything different on here. Um, basically, you got Tales of Arise still at number one. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel, number two. And Bravely Default is still up there, uh, which I'm really kind of surprised about still. Uh, Bravely Default at number three. Um, speaking of Tales of, that's kind of why I had uh, the next festival, the Tales of Festival, postponed to um, March 6th to March 7th, 2021. They're going way way out there i don't know if they're getting out of the way of something or or what's going on this was originally planned to go on middle of june and they're just they pushed this back way 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 far now and the reason why they pushed it back kind of far is that it is a physical event so this is not a digital it's going to be held in the Yoke, yokohama arena in japan so Hopefully things have kind of settled by then and they can they can do this so we can get more tales of. Yeah, because they, they typically announce new games or do very in-depth showcases of their upcoming games or their just released games. So yeah. uh, this is the this event is where new tales information comes out from. So when this gets delayed. Tales games are probably going to follow with a delay. That's too bad. That's too bad. All right, Square Enix reportedly no longer hosting an online event. Instead, what they're going to do is they're going to have individual announcements or individual trailer drops or whatever they're, they're going to do. Uh, because uh, what does it say here? This is thought to be due to the company running into issues surrounding assets for the presentation. So... They can't get their stuff collectively together, so they're just going to rely on, you know, on individual basis, I guess. So, yeah, that is Square Enix. And then next, Ubisoft holding a digital event July 12th. You like Ubisoft. Yeah, 
I think I think Ubisoft's pretty good. I don't play many of their games, but I do like them as a company. I, I think they they run pretty well. Uh, they could do things a bit better. They could make games a bit more different from one another instead of being so similar to one another yeah. on some cases. But uh, this date also is about one month exactly from a typical E3 uh, time frame. So they're, they have already put their stakes down on a certain date, and that's when they're going to do their stuff. And that's kind of what we thought, right? I mean, we were hoping that collectively they can get E3 involved and kind of just figure it out, have it all around the same time. But everyone's just kind of, like you had said, putting them putting a pin on the calendar, right? This is this is what we're doing. This is when we're yeah. doing it and kind of going from there. Um so yeah. this this whole summer is just going to be E3 stretched very thin. Very <laughs> thin. Well, it's going to be the entirety of the summer. We'll have constant flow of uh of news coming in. We'll, we'll always have something to talk about. We will have something to talk about, but it'll be like one new game per day kind of thing instead of being a, a smorgasbord of things right right all right next ea play live digital event confirmed confirmed for july i'm sorry june 11th so this is right after the uh that gorilla what was it called again a uh, gorilla collective gorilla collective so it's it's pretty much two three four days right after that yeah. So this is the next stake that has been placed, and this is going to be your EA stuff. And this would fall in line with E3. This so, one, yeah. They're usually one of the... Are they one of the first ones to go? I think They are the first. They're kind of a little typically. delayed a couple, by a couple days, but you know they're, they, are, they are kind of landing where they typically would, generally speaking, mm-hmm. uh, instead of being a month off from it. But yeah, they're doing their thing. That's just There's the, other EA stuff to talk about. Yep, that's just the way it's going to go for uh, this year. So yeah, with a, speaking of EA, EA says that there will be multiple titles that are set to launch on the Switch this year. So that means they're finally going to put in a little bit more effort into the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, now, they, they finally realize their games are starting to sell when they put the right games on the Switch. It's not just the right games. Like they put they put their sports games on there, but there's always there's content taken out. Uh, they're they're not there. The complete versions. Um, so I and and then when when they do that, they they see the sales go down, and it's like you're you're giving an in, uh, inferior product. Like what do you what do you expect here? Yeah, they're, they're like we have this crappy product. We know it's crappy, <laughs> but here you go. Right. I I think I forget what game it was. It was a sports game. Where they it was a basically like a PS3 or an Xbox 360 engine. It might have been FIFA or something, and they expected people to just what buy that? No, that's that's terrible. That is well, that's awful. I I think that's fine as long as because those games all got those prior games got rated highly. It's just there's a bunch of other stuff that gets removed along with it. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, sports games, it's really just a roster update. That's what people are paying for. Sure. Yeah, I mean, depending on um, gener- like if they span a console generation, you know, there's different, there's obviously graphical upgrades in there. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, they got some uh, multiple titles that are set to launch. What the heck? 
Are so what could be? these titles be? I don't know. Uh, F Fiscal Year 21 announced titles. You got Burnout Paradise Remastered, Command and Conquer Remastered, FIFA 21 and Madden 21, NHL 21. But I'm not interested in these. Those aren't, those aren't any RPGs at all. What do they have for RPGs? Well, I'll Here. tell you what they have for RPGs. They have Dragon Age. Where's my Dragon Age? Give me a proper Dragon Age. And, um... Proper. Proper. Keyword. <laughs> proper. Not Inquisition. Give me a proper... Actually, got Inquisition gets really... You like to give it a hard time. It actually got rated really well. I'm surprised you don't like it. Um, it's actually they not were too wrong. bad. It's not too. It's not too bad. It's bad. There, there are a lot of there are a lot of issues with it. But anyways, give me a proper Dragon Age, okay? Um, also, if you why not some remakes, you know, or ports or whatever? I would take a Kingdom Kingdom of Am Amalur in a second. I would take that. And what about that rumor? What rumor are you talking about? So Venture Beat. There's a rumor. That oh Mass Effect trilogy might come to the Switch. Ah, uh, yes. And and you, I, you, like, apples. I, I, I like apples. Here's the th my issue though. Like a lot of people have played this before. Who 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 are they? Who are they going gear, uh, gearing towards? You know, the the younger audience back then when Mass Effect was a thing have yep. now grown up. Right, Mass Effect has basically failed to have a presence throughout the entirety of the PS4, Xbox One generation. Right. Right? And so that means Mass Effect was not present. That is a six-year gap. So you have 12-year-olds that are now 18-year-olds. You have, you know, et cetera. So there are a lot of people who are now playing, playing on the Switch, playing on these, uh, on, on, that, that haven't experienced the Mass Effect trilogy never mind mass effect because also uh the the first mass effect was on only available on the uh pc and xbox 360 for a while for a while yeah yeah so there's even exclusivity issues with that mm -hmm. and mass effect never had did it ever have one and two on the wii u or was it just three it might have been just three i don't remember seeing that on the wii um, one and two on the Wii U. No. So there is a very big, uh, I think, a very big audience potential for the Switch platform, where Mass Effect, especially if it's a relatively straightforward port of the trilogy mm -hmm. onto the Switch, I think that's a win. It, I don't think it's going to sell like hotcakes, but it's definitely going to be profitable. Yeah. And I think that would be welcome because this is like one of the best video game trilogy. Uh, video game trilogies and one of the best RPG trilogies and one of the just best RPGs of all time. Yeah, it, it's up there. Uh, three had its issues um, initially at the end of, like, the story beats at the end of yeah, three yeah. had a problem. Um, but here's what we're referencing. Venture Beat writer Jeff Grubb has revealed that EA and Bioware are working on a remastered version of Mass Effect trilogies for console. It is likely to come to PS4 and Xbox One and PC first and pops possibly to next-gen console. However, Grub says that it could eventually come to the Nintendo Switch at some point. EA and Bioware have yet to announce that they are developing a remastered version of the Mass Effect trilogy. And that's the thing. I, I think, it, it, I mean, you mentioned a kind of a straightforward port. I would like to see more of a remaster, kind of a, a 
make it a little bit better, better looking. Uh, Mass Effect 1 I had a lot of problems with. It's It can be kind of clunky in some areas, very text-heavy, dialogue-heavy. Um, Mass Effect 2 is probably one of my more favorite ones. Um, I, I like the combat in that. I think the exploration is a little bit better. Mass Effect 3 was also was just as good as well. But um, yeah, I think if we could get a proper, again, there's that word again, a good remastered version of this on a Switch, it would do it would do rather well. Just don't give us Andromeda, please, for the love of God, just forget that even existed. Yeah, we don't need it. We don't need it in the all-encompassing collection. Chop it. Chop it from the collection. Save yourself <laughs> the time and the money. We I don't mean, need it. Yeah, because you're going to re- have to remake the entire game. You might as well just make a new one. Yeah. Capcom. To release multiple major new titles by March 31st, 2021, Capcom aims to achieve record sales this fiscal year. Okay? Now, what could they be giving us? They could be giving us more Marvel content. Don't mind that. Uh, but they could also maybe give us some Monster Hunter content. Why the heck not? Please. <laughs> Please. Do it. Please. Like you... Like you said, like I said here, they, they, they aim to achieve record sales. The only way to really do that would be put games on the Switch. As we've discussed, everything sells on the Switch right now. Yeah, and Capcom is a Japanese company, and right now the number one selling platform in Japan, gaming platform, is the Switch. Mm-hmm. Makes, makes all sense, Capcom. What are you waiting for? We got another rumor here, Johnny. Another yeah. rumor. VentureBeat says that the 3D Mario remasters and Pikmin 3 Deluxe ready for release soon. What? What is Venture? VentureBeat is just like all over the rumor mill here today. They're doing good. They're they they are sleuthing hard. <laughs> oh, I wonder what they. Oh, I gotta talk to them. I gotta find out what their what their source is. Do you think they'll div- divulge that information? All right, so this uh, was no. Ask nice. <laughs> I'll ask really nicely. All right, so this was kind of on the heels of the Paper Mario, um, Paper Mario uh, announcement. Um, so yeah, Venture Beater is reporting that the other Nintendo Studios will have games ready for release soon as well. That includes 3D Mario remasters, but it also but it should also include Pikmin Three Deluxe. While 3D Mario remasters are not surprising, thanks to the rumor rumors. That it's been getting, lady. This is the first time in a while we've heard about Pikmin 3 Deluxe. As obviously, this is an official announcement by Nintendo, but if it does happen, they'll let us know. This is Venture Beat. Yeah, ah. and I think the Pikmin 3 rumors were, and the Mario, the Mario rumors were from like two or three months ago, and the Pikmin rumors have been going on for quite a long time. But the last time we had them was, I think, back in January or February of, of this year. So it hasn't been that too long ago, but this is yet another iteration of that. And the fact that it's going to potentially be ready to just release instantaneously, that is, that's going to be quite something. I'm actually kind of surprised at this because I, I was under the impression that Pikmin 4 was kind of already ready. And we're hearing about a Pikmin 3 Deluxe. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. It just seems weird seems weird to me 
Well, I think I think it makes sense. Nintendo probably put Pikmin 4 on hold, indefinite hold, because they were not satisfied with the sales results of Pikmin 3. Mm-hmm. And I think this re-release, this deluxe edition of Pikmin 3, is going to be what the indicator of whether or not Pikmin 4 production picks up again. Yeah. We will, I guess we'll have to see. We will have to see. All right. Um, I probably should have put this in the in the sales area, but I didn't. I, I put it down here for whatever reason. Marvelous. Marvelous Studios sees a healthy gain from sales on the Nintendo Switch. Obviously, right? Uh, so Marvelous, they are the... the uh, are they publishers? Yeah, they're a publisher. Uh, Rune Factory 4 Special, Damon X Machina, and Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town. Which we just talked about. Right. So they're seeing positive, healthy sales, which is encouraging to hear. Uh, again, not, I'm not surprised. I don't know that anything is that, that has been put on the Switch that hasn't sold well or, or hasn't met expectations, to be honest. Uh, EA could tell you otherwise. Well, EA, again, you put inferior <laughs> products, you're going to get inferior output, you know, input output. You got you to gotta figure that out. You, there's no yeah. effort. You put in a, a lackluster effort, you're going to get lackluster nothing you're gonna get zero i'm not happy with ea okay i'm not happy with them i'm with you i don't like it we are not happy with ea okay good good i'm not alone now this this is uh some strange stuff here dragon quest the adventure of die game reveal on 27th of may so coming up in in a week and a half we're gonna get some a new dragon quest game yeah! What is this? Square Enix previously announced video game based on the Dragon Quest The Adventure of Die anime will be unveiled to the general public on Wednesday, May 27th. The live stream will be streamed to YouTube. Um, So this is May 27th, 8pm Japan Standard Time. I'm not sure you guys figure your, your own time zone situation out there. Uh, platforms for Dragon Quest The Adventure of Die have yet to be announced. Now, I'm taking this from my Nintendo news, but they got it from VentureBeat. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, Silicon Era. Um, Just wanted to kind of verify something else here. Uh, I'm not seeing it. Again, platforms have yet to be announced, but the way my Nintendo news, that's kind of where we got it from, but they, they in turn got it from Silicon Era. They have the tags on it, Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. So, yeah, we could possibly be getting a a Dragon Quest. Well, game. when you think about it, yeah, because when you think about it, the last... Uh, all the way up until Dragon Quest Eight mm-hmm. have, you know, so Dragon Quest Nine, Ten, and Eleven... Have all been on Nintendo systems. And I think 8 as well. I'm not sure about 8. Now here's my only fear. And it's been the case with them. I don't know. As long as I can remember. This game will probably be in Japan for months. Before we get to see it here. So. Yeah they are notorious for that unfortunately. Yeah so this. We'll learn about it on the 27th. We'll want it for months. And then maybe a year. The Switch will get it. Yeah. Who knows? And it'll take 30 hours for the story to start getting good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I'm at with Dragon Quest XI. 
Yep. <laughs> um. So yeah, kind of cool. I wasn't. I you had brought that up. I was like, what, what? What? What in the world are you talking about? I can't believe you missed that. Yeah, I totally missed that. Again, just a busy, busy week for me. Okay. Nintendo says it has more undisclosed Switch titles to be released this year, but this pandemic thing could impact it. Goes without saying. But, um, let's see here. Now, I mean, of course they're going to have, like, announcements, right? they they got to have something. Whether it's these, these Mario games or Metroids. What else could they have? What else do they have under the, in, in their sleeve here? F-Zero. Dude, you will not get an F-Zero, okay? I'm talking to you. You're not, get, you're not getting it. I'll keep asking. You can. You can keep asking. Yep, like I said, goes without saying. They're, 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 I think w- along with, who was it that we said, it's just going to kind of be sporadic, kind of just drops. Kind of yeah. like, w- like what they did with the, uh, the origami king there. It's Paper Mario. That's yeah, what we're going to be seeing. They're probably doing it this way because of the Corona impact being so disruptive and disruptive in a very ad hoc way. Mm-hmm. So it's not predictable in how that, <clears throat> how those disruptions are going to come into play mm-hmm. uh, with individual development teams, individual developers, producers, publishing, distribution, etc. So because of that, if they announce things as they become ready, that's probably what they're doing. They're probably just going to announce and deliver things as they are ready at the time that they are, rather than plan ahead of time. Because right now they can't plan ahead of time because right. of this disruption. Right, and that's why they're not. I think why well, they're not going for a um, like a one day thing, like a one day event, like a direct, essentially. Yeah. All right. N- Nintendo says it will add more features slash mechanics to switch online to make it more enjoyable. What does that mean to you? Uh, so that already means one particular thing. I think we skipped over it, but uh, I'll just mention it real quick. In like three days, starting on the 18th, all the way up until the 24th, you can get Celeste for free. I don't have that on here. Yeah, you don't have it on here. You took it off. <laughs> I just said, I reinserted it. What that would be, when you read off this article, that's that's kind of what I have in mind. Because that's what Nintendo is doing in yeah. a couple of days. They're going to give an indie game. And actually, this is a one game of the year for certain certain categories for the year that it came out. So this is not, this is not a, a little indie game. This is like a very beloved indie game mm-hmm. that got a lot of praise. Uh, and it is a really good indie game. I played and beat it, so they're doing that. So this is probably one of those things, one of those feature mechanic things that they're going to insert. They've been doing, they've been treating uh, Texas, uh, Tetris 99 mm-hmm. as a, another place to inject new themes, right? The uh, what's the um, there's a new game theme that came out for Tetris 99. I forgot what it was. Maybe it was Trials of Mana that they um, added a theme to it for. 
Yeah, I'm not I'm sure. I'm trying to remember, but they've been enhancing Tetris 99 with sort of to coalesce with some major new release. All of a sudden, some new content, some new skin uh, becomes available within Tetris 99. That's what they've been doing lately, and I can see that trend uh, occurring more and more. Maybe they'll even release other Tetris 99-like games that will also be a platform for them to market newer, bigger games alongside, you know, with a skin. Kind of like how Smash Brothers has become a marketing uh, platform. Because every time there's some new game that's coming out or some something new or relevant, recently relevant within the news, there'll be a new uh, Smash Spirit Board or Spirit okay. event yep. within the game. So they've been doing that with Smash. They've been doing it with Tetris 99. So they probably have seen positive results of that, and they're probably going to do it even more and maybe make more game platforms, um, small game platforms like Tetris 99 to co- coincide with that. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the reason why uh, this has been brought up, because we have a uh, Twitter user, Robert Sefazen. He kind of he's kind of like a Nintendo historian, but I, I feel like he has a little more insider information, obviously, than we do. Uh, there is no com- current plan to disc- this is one of his tweets. There is no current plan to disclose disclose the subscriber amount for Nintendo Switch Online. They believe subscribers will total will continue to increase, especially as more games with online play are released. Uh, his uh, kind of a thread here. Nintendo will continue to add more features and mechanics to Nintendo Switch Online to make software more enjoyable and convenient. Over 100 million Nintendo accounts have been created. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see the library for games obviously get bigger. Um, now, as far as... I, I've, Other than that, I really only use the Nintendo Online to back up save games. I haven't done any online multiplayer anything, um, to be honest with you. Uh, it just doesn't seem like... I don't know. Maybe the, maybe we need those games to to do that. Now I haven't done the Super Smash or Smash Brothers online. Any of that? Uh, the Splatoon I know is, is utilizes it really well. Um, but yeah, I haven't. What was it? Oh, well, I was gonna say we have the games. I just don't think the online service is good enough. Yeah, I just yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, we got Fortnite. Right, that's a big one. We got Splatoon. That's a big one, or at least it was a big one. It's still pretty big. Smash is a monumental one. Mario mm-hmm. Kart 8. That's another huge one. But the online, especially for Smash and Mario Kart, is not good. Yeah, Splatoon I mean, is a bit better. There are others that utilize. Like you got Overwatch, right? You have um, Rocket League. You mentioned Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, there there are other ones that utilize it, but I just think the way that the online interaction was implemented without having voice chat or having a clunky, really clunky way to use voice chat is very, very detrimental in team-based games. You know, it's just, yeah, it, you can't have it. You can't do it. Yeah, it's exactly that app is terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. And Animal Crossing is like a huge online game. That is, that is right now yeah. because of the times we're in Animal Crossing online, probably blew Nintendo out of uh, expectations out of the water because everyone that I see on on various social feeds is saying, "Hey, visit my island. My turnips are, you know, 500 bells." Yep. 
Yeah, you're right. That's a big, a big use for for Nintendo Online. Not not in the terms that we tip, typically think about it. You know, with multiplayer games or yeah. you know, but and Mar- Mario Maker. That's another big online uh, Nintendo game. So they got the games. They definitely got the games. It's just the service and really the implementation, the rollout of that app is just silly. Well, I mean, there, I guess there's the only way they could have done it is just to implement and it's there the technology is there is to utilize the bluetooth audio for on the switch itself i i don't i don't understand i don't get it yeah anyway um thank you for putting in that celeste um article unbelievable i told you to take it out (laughs) (laughs) all right last bit of news Oh, this is one I'm I'm kind of interested in. I'm gonna have to. I want to look further into this. Minecraft Dungeons early build was a actually a single player game influenced by Zelda and Dark Souls. Then it changed. Everything kind of just took took a different turn. Um, I where did I see this? I actually think I. It's a it's an article by U.S. Gamer. There was a specific. Here's the quote from who are, who are you? Who are you, my friend? I want to get his name right. I think he's kind of like the project lead. We wanted to bring a new Minecraft experience to players to make a new game that was something that you could get into vanilla Minecraft, says Olsen. This is, again, I don't have his full name right now. Mons, some... Game director Mons Olsen. Okay. To make something new, you have to step quite far away from the base game. The original effort was a dungeon crawler inspired by Nintendo's Legend of Zelda series and Dark Souls. I, that's where I don't understand where this comes in to play, but then Olsen acknowledges that not as much as it... Oh, I'm sorry. Not as much of that has made it through the games as it is today. It started as a small single-player game, smaller in scope, and we started prototyping. We realized it would be fun to play multiplayer, says Olsen. Originally, this was considered as a 3DS game, but then we realized we wanted to have it on the Switch, PlayStation, Xbox Game Pass, and Windows. So this was such a small-scale project. Like, like, like they were going to put it on a 3DS, and then it just kind of it took a lot on the life of its own, and actually what you got now is kind of like your action, isometric action RPG, like your Diablo-esque game. I always find it really interesting in how these things develop like this, you know, from its like humble beginnings, you know, and into something totally, totally different, very different, very, very cool. Yeah, maybe because I mean, obviously, Zelda and Dark Souls are way more nuanced game designs, mm-hmm. and Diablo and Torchlight and Gauntlet, especially. Are simpler, more arcadey, yeah. right? Yeah. You try to do Zelda stuff. So in Minecraft, is a procedurally generated game of sorts, in the franchise, right? And Zelda and Dark Souls are the exact opposite of procedural generation, which is handcrafted to the nth degree, right? And then you have Diablo, which is also procedurally generated, Torchlight, Gauntlet, right? So. That makes sense that they pivoted towards, you know, Gauntlet, uh, Diablo, hack and slashy side instead of 
handcrafted dungeons, <laughs> Dark Souls and Zelda style dungeons. I mean, you kind of see a little bit of that if you've if you've played Minecraft. There are people who build, you know, build levels and puzzle jumping and kind of you kind of see a little bit of that in kind of the the user created stuff. But I think the way they went with it totally totally makes sense, and I think they're gonna hit it out of the park with it. To be honest, yeah. Well, All right. Maybe. What? What? We'll see. I we don't know. Please. We hope. We hope it does. We hope it does. Oh, I played a little bit of it. I had a really good time with it. Yeah, you played it without me. <clears throat> uh anyway, uh moving on to upcoming RPGs. May 15th, we have Thy Sword. Thy Sword is a pixel graphic or pixel art side-scrolling platforming RPG. Um I don't know. I don't know too much about this game. It looks very, very, uh, very simple. Yeah, it. You're you're kind of in a static screen, killing all the enemies on the screen. <coughs> I don't know if there's anything more to that. All right, next we have <laughs> Monster Prom XXL. I don't know what this is. May twenty first. This is like, it looks like a, a a life sim, dating sim, dating RPG. I'm not sure what's going on here. Ooh. Um, what do you got? Nah, it's just... Oh, actually. <laughs> the art style is really, really good. It's very clean. Yeah. It's very comic book-esque. Again, I'm just not sure with, um, I mean, like like I had mentioned, I think it's called kind of a, a dating sim, dating RPG, I guess you could call it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. The characters are all kind of monsters, like vampires and medusas and devils, and I don't know. I don't know if that's a medusa. I have no clue what that thing is. I'm calling it a medusa. No, it's like oh, an wait, octopus. A yeah, I see it. I was so, assuming the octopus one. I had no clue what that was. <laughs> yeah, the, the and then there is like a Cthulhu or something octopus person as well. So and again, of they got Teen Wolf looking jock dude. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it's Monster Prom. So you're gonna have kind of your your Hollywood type type monsters. And then the uh, May twenty sixth, Minecraft Dungeons. Hey, that's my game. Ten days. Ten days. Do you know? Do you know I'm gonna have to buy three copies of that game? <laughs> really? One for me, one for my son, one for my daughter. And all three of you are gonna play together? Oh yeah. Oh, we'll play. We we're playing Minecraft today. And you have three units, three switches. I, I have three switches in this house. Yes. Uh -huh. I I because I would I it would be impossible to play otherwise. So, yeah, three, three, I have three Minecrafts, now I'm going to have three Minecraft dungeons. There you go. There we go. <sighs> that is it. That's going to wrap up the episode. We did it. We did it. <laughs> right. That's going to wrap up the episode for the Switch RPG Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you. Why do I continue to just read about the listener questions? There were none. 
Remember, you can listen to the show each and every week at switchrpg.com, and you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you listen on an app, please give us a rating and review. We want to climb up those charts, so your support there would be amazing. And finally, you can head over to switchrpg.com for all your Nintendo Switch RPG needs. Until next time. Bye.